today I am so excited about this. This is actually a word I was going to share last week and, and Holy Spirit took me in a different direction because it wasn't the right time, but today it is. I have so many things that are in me about this Spread the Word series that we're in right now that I don't know how to get them all in without keeping you here forever. So I'm going to, I've broken this up as much as I can uh, to give us a little piece each week. But today I want to talk about this, something to tell. Everybody say something to tell. Something to tell. tell. Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you have something to tell that you want everyone to know about? What do you do? You want <laughs> Facebook, yeah. yeah, or tell your neighbor because they'll tell everybody. But when you have something to tell, what do you what do you do? Do you tell them? When's the last time you told somebody about the gospel? Do you is that something to tell? Because when you have something to tell. It's true that we, we tell it. I want to read to you out of 1 Corinthians. I have several places I want to go today, but let's go first to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. And it reads like this. It says, when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. In other words, I can't say, look at me, I get to preach. He said, I have no choice but to preach because it is in me. I don't look at preaching as an opportunity. I look at preaching as a matter of fact. I don't have a choice. I am compelled to preach the gospel. He says, he said, woe to me if in fact I do not preach the gospel. Again, he said, when I preach the gospel, I can't brag about it because I'm compelled to preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I was telling the leadership team this morning, ministry team, before we came out, we, were, we pray every Sunday before we come out, and I was sharing with them a story as I was walking out of my door this morning at 5.30 uh, out of my home, my house, to come here. And we, my wife has a, a yellow lab that's about a little over a year old. And, I mean, this is the most cuddling dog you can imagine. This dog wants to be in your lap, He weighs 90 pounds, doesn't matter. He wants to be in your lap. He wants his head on your arm or your shoulder or whatever. Always. This dog has to be, he's a cuddler. And it's it's sweet. It's wonderful. Except for sometimes he likes to breathe your air. But when you leave the house, whenever we leave, he gives you these sad puppy dog eyes. And he'll look at you and he'll sit down and he'll just do, and he'll drop his ears and he'll just, you can just see his whole expression changes and he's just sad. And I say to him and our other dog, our chocolate dog, uh, lab, I say to them every time I leave, I'll be back soon as though they understand. It doesn't change their expression. They sit there, especially Oakley. Hershey has learned, he just goes and gets in his room and he just, his closet, and he just stays there. He's just done. He's, he rec- not recognizes we're leaving and he goes, thank you, and he just goes and he's gone. But Oakley will s- sit there by the door and he'll just stare at you as though you're going to change your mind. And everything in you wants to change your mind. 
But this morning as I was leaving, it was about 5.30 and I'm leaving my house and he came out and I had fed him and I took him outside to go to the bathroom and I took him back in and, I, and he always knows as soon as I get the keys off the key rack and I put them in my pocket, as soon as I get them, he sits downstairs at you and gives you that look. So I did what he loves and he loves to be kissed right between the eyes. And I do that all the time. I kiss him right between the eyes. And I go up to him and I said, it's okay, buddy. And I held his little head and his little ears and he's just going like this. He's not moving. He's not doing it. He's just telling. With everything in him, if he could talk, he would say, please don't go. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and I held his head. And I leaned over and I just kissed him right between the eyes. And I said, I'll be back soon. I have to go. I have to preach the gospel. And then I turned left as though he understood. And I get Paul. He said, I am compelled to preach. I can't boast of it. I can't brag about it. I can't tell, look what I get to do because I'm compelled to do I have, I am let woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do not proclaim the good news. Woe to me if I do not tell somebody about how God has changed my whole life being he said I have no choice and I when I said that to Oakley Oakley he doesn't care about the gospel <laughs> it's my wife's dog she will lead him to Christ when we get home today but Paul said woe to me if I do not preach the gospel I am left with no other choice if I could make a choice it wouldn't be another choice because this is who I am woe to me and I have something to tell Sam he said I have something to say I have something to share I have something that's in me that I've got to get out of me I have experienced the goodness of Yahweh God. I have experienced the healing of Jesus Christ. I have experienced the witness of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I have experienced the power of a relationship with someone bigger than me. I know what it is. I know what it is to walk in faith. I know what it is to come into purpose. I know what it is. I have something to tell. If you sewed my lips together, it would come out of my ear. Cut my ears off. It'll come out of my nostrils. Remove my nose. It'll come out of my pores. Because I have something. I have something. I have something. I have something. I have got to tell somebody. Because it's important to me. I'm compelled. I'm compelled. I'm compelled. I'm compelled, Donna. I'm compelled, Donna. I'm compelled. What do you need? I have an answer for your need. When do you need it? I have an answer for it. How do you need it? I have an answer for it. I've got something in me. 
for you. What do you do when you have something to tell? Do you tell it? Do you tell it? Do you believe that you have something to tell? My message is simple today. It's simple today. It's very simple today. This isn't about condemning anybody because they haven't told it lately. This isn't about making you feel bad because you haven't talked about it lately. This isn't here. I'm not here today to give you a guilt conscience because your neighbor doesn't even know that you're a believer. What I am here to do is to tell you by God, by God, by God, through God, in God, because of God, because of Yahweh God, because of his son Jesus Christ, somebody needs to know you have something that you have got to tell somebody. And believe it, we tell it whether we open our mouth or not. Because if it's not coming out of our mouth, if it's not coming out of our ears, if it's not coming out of our pores, it's coming. We're telling something, and sometimes what we tell isn't what we want to be told. Sometimes what I'm telling by not telling anything is by I'm telling them that I don't believe that I have anything to tell. I think I'm living it but do I really have anything to tell about it? You, I don't know if you heard that. I don't know if that made sense. If I have something to tell, you can't contain me. You think you can stop me from telling it? You think because I'm in a football field? You think because I'm in a mall? You think because I'm in a shopping line? You think because I'm in a movie theater? You think because they told me I can't pray in a public place? You think you can stop me? I have something to tell, and I'm going to tell it. So let me ask you a question. Is the gospel worth telling? I'm asking. Let me ask you again. Is the gospel worth telling? Then to whom do you tell it? Just asking. And when you do tell it, how quickly do you stop telling it? At what point do we, and remember, this is no condemnation. I want to awaken the power of the gospel that is in you, that is looking for an opportunity to be unleashed upon those that Holy Spirit draws to that place where they have something, a way, an opportunity to be changed. You hear me today? So to whom do you tell it? At what point do you stop telling it? Is it at the point, I wonder, AJ, is it at the point, do we stop telling, do we stop sharing, do we stop speaking when we're asked a question we don't have the answer to? Well, we have to be careful before we answer. Because there's nobody in this room that hasn't stopped sharing at some point because you felt you had come to a place of inadequacy. Where at some point you came to a place where they asked a question you didn't feel like you had a good answer to. So you let the subject change. And it will change naturally because everything natural wants the subject to change. So there'll be a boom in the sky. Or there'll be a flash of light somewhere around you. Someone will drop a glass and shatter it. To distract and to redirect all attention.
But at what point do we stop? And then why is it that we do stop? What doth hinder you? Remember when Philip was going to baptize the eunuch and, and the eunuch said, what doth hinder me from being baptized in this puddle of water? What doth hinder me from being baptized? What, ask ourselves this morning, can we ask ourselves, what doth hinder me? I'm, it's the King James Version. <laughs> We, some things are just memorized. It depends on which version I memorized it in. But what doth hinder me? Ask yourself this morning. What doth hindering, hinder me from telling what I have to tell? Is it possible sometimes that we don't, we're not certain that we really have anything to tell? Is it possible that we're not sure how we would tell it? See, those questions right there put all the authority and all the power on you. You need to hear what I'm telling you right now. And the authority and the power is not on you. The authority and the power is within the gospel because the gospel is its own power. It's its own authority. It is Christ. It's that Christ anointing. The gospel doesn't need your help. It just needs your voice. It needs the space that you're walking in. It needs the room that you occupy at the moment. You and I are instruments. We are conduits for the gospel to flow through in such a way that it can channel its way from out of one it has already changed into one that it desires to change. The gospel comes with eyes. The scripture tells us the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding both the evil and the good. It's in the Bible. I can't remember where, but it's there. I used to know. I know it's in the Bible. I used to know where in the Bible. Who cares? The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. You know why? Because the gospel is always in search of. Before there was Jacques Cousteau, there was the gospel. It's true. Because it hungers. The gospel feeds on unrighteousness and transforms it into power and authority and righteousness. The gospel does not dwell in us to make the righteous more righteous. The gospel dwells in us because it hungers for what does not yet produce fruit so that the tree can bear fruit. doth hinder me what holds me back every answer any answer any answer everybody say any any, any answer Gabby no matter what answer I come up with that hinders me 
it says that somehow I believe it's my power that can make the gospel great. Somehow it's within my power to make the gospel real. Somehow it's within my power, and if I don't say it right, do it right, whatever, then the gospel fails. The gospel never fails. Whatever ground the gospel touches, life, life gets into that ground. Our opportunity is that we become the voice and not overcomplicate what it is that the gospel of Jesus Christ wants to do in you and me. I have something to tell. Do you? What has he done for you? How different is your life today compared to the day when you said... Forgive me. What do you see now that you didn't see before that day? How many hopes came alive in you the day you said, Forgive me? And he said, Couldn't wait till you asked. This thing keeps dinging. Can you turn that thing off? I don't know what's wrong with it. It just tell them to stop. <laughs> what is in me? What's in you, Jordan? Do not answer the question I'm about to ask. Who's the last person you told about the gospel? And how long do you have to think about it? Don't answer. Don't nod, don't blink, don't wink, don't nothing. When's the last time you talked to somebody about football? And how easy was that conversation? Brian, don't answer. How easy is it for you to tell somebody, I just want to say to you... My life has changed, and there's a lot of reasons why, but if you ever want to listen, I'd sure love to talk to you about it. When's the last time? And if not, why? Don't answer. But when's the last time you talked to somebody about working on an engine? Because it just came natural. Let me tell you how you can soup up your engine. There's no, I'm not trying to, there's no condemnation in this. What I'm trying to do is waken all of us. We've got to be awakened. Because if we don't believe we have something to tell, then we're not telling. And if we're honest with, can we be honest with ourselves this morning, Jim? If we're really honest for ourselves, most of the things that we're telling people are good for about three and a half minutes. It's not going to lend a lot of life to the person we're telling it to. It will come and go. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Psalm 96, turn there if you would please, Psalm 96 too. Psalm 96 too, I'm going to read two scriptures here. 
says, sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. Declare his glory. Declare his glory. I have something to tell. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. It's an exclamation point, Kent. (laughs) In other words, when you read this, get excited about it. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. And then in Philemon chapter 1, there is only one chapter, but Philemon 1, 6. Philemon 6, however, it's only chapter, so verse 6. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective. You're going to like this. For the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of... Now listen, listen to what I'm about to tell you. I want to make sure and say this in such a way that it makes sense. Let me read the verse again. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Everybody say, may become effective. For the full knowledge of, don't say that, for the full knowledge of every good thing. Let me just read that part. I pray that by sharing your faith, it may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in you for the sake of Christ. In other words, the sharing of your faith is the doorway to accessing the full knowledge of every good thing that is in you. Did you get that? I didn't make this up. He said, when you share your faith, you get access to every good thing that is in you. Do you want access to the good that is in you? Do you want access? He said, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Share the sharing of your faith. Read it again. Is effective for the full knowledge. Full. Kimberly. Full knowledge, not part knowledge. Sharing of my faith begins to cause me to become aware of what's every time I I am a testimony, every time I am a witness. And listen, let's get this clear. It's not by going out there and saying, see if the camera can keep up with me. You need the gospel. Open your mouth. It's not because we walk into a room and tell everybody, I'm a believer. Everybody, bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray right now. Just like your shirt said, hell no. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Gospel, yes. That's right, that's right. The sharing of your faith is the doorway to your ability to effectively know what is your full potential and what it is because when you release that that is in you when you begin to release that and you begin to speak of that and you begin to tell of that it causes something to be activated in you and it is the power of Holy Spirit to begin to change and to begin to cause you to become aware do you get that this morning? This is not a message telling you to walk out of here and start walking down 13th Street or 1st Avenue or whatever with a picket sign telling everybody that you love Jesus and they should too. But I'm going to ask you some practical questions or at least two, maybe one, depending on what happens. Who are you telling? Let me refer back to what Archie said a while ago, Facebook. We use Facebook. Do we tell anybody? We use Facebook. Most of the people that are on your Facebook page are people that know you. They know your faith or lack of it. They know your witness or lack of it. But who are we telling? Who are we engaging with? And do you know why most people don't today, Cynthia? Do you know why most people don't? Most people don't because they find it, and I'm just practical. I told you this is going to be very practical. Because they're afraid they don't know how. I don't know how to share the gospel. I don't know how to share my faith. And for, tho for those who... For, for those who know how, we bought a table from Texas yesterday, put it in our breakfast room, and all of a sudden my fours became furs. We didn't buy it from Texas. We bought it from a flea market that bought it from Texas. Hope it doesn't have fleas. And I don't want to sidetrack but because they don't know how. Or if they do know how, they're afraid, most, are afraid of what kind of response they're going to get. Oh, you're one of those. Well, then let me ask you a question. If you're so full of faith and you have something to tell and He's changed you, is God so big He can't, He can create, can He create a rock He can't pick up? Or whatever. They start asking you questions you don't have an answer to. I shared this morning with the team. I had a friend of mine that asked me a question Tuesday night, Monday night, this past week, about fluid worship and what we're doing here. I don't know how many questions he asked me. I didn't have an answer for a single one. 
He said, can you tell me how you do this or why you do that or what this is? And I said, I can't. Well, what about this? I don't know. What's it going to look like when you get, I don't know. How long is it going to be like this? Who knows? What do you know? None of the answers you're asking. (laughs) Questions too. But what I do know is, I have something to tell. One, and two, I'm not afraid to tell it. Socrates, I'm not going to go out there and just tell it because I can talk. We've got to be willing and able to discern the moments the Holy Spirit prepares for us. And when He prepares the moment, discern the moment. And don't destroy the moment because suddenly you found an open door and you take all the furniture and try to move it in at once. Oh, there's an open door. Turn with me to Genesis, then we're going to go to Matthew, then we're going to go to John, then we're going to go to... Just enter the rooms they give you to go. And then when dinner's over, get out. Do you hear me? Live in the space that they give you. And when you've used up the space, get out until you get more. See, that removes all the pressure. Well, I've got to make sure that at this particular moment, here's the other thing. That if, man, if the door opens up, I can't leave until they have received Christ. Again, suddenly, you've put all the power on you. It's not up to you. You might go in there, and they give you a little bit of space, and you use up that space, leave. They might be cursing you on the way out, but when they give you another little bit of space, you go in, next, that time you leave. When you used up that space, you leave. They didn't curse this time. And then another opportunity comes around, they give you a little more space and you go in there and suddenly they're interested. But see, like so many good believers today, so many good Christians today, so many, some kind of Christian today, we feel like if we're given an opportunity, we've got to buy it up. Sell it not. We've got to make sure we get into this moment. We don't get out until you know Jesus. And then most of the time, half of those people are going to say a sinner's prayer just to get you out of their space. Then when you get out of their space, they're going to repent of their repentance. The gospel is never effective when it's imposed. Cannot be impugned. Cannot be imposed. It's never effective when it's imposed. The gospel is only effective when Holy Spirit creates a moment. And you carry the seeds for the soil of that moment. And you plant that seed and you let Holy Spirit water that seed. And then you come back another time and there'll be opportunity to tend it. I'm trying to set you free today 
from two things. Your silence about the gospel. Hear me. And somebody might say, well, I'm not. Well, I'm just, just, just walk with me, okay? One is your silence about the gospel. And two is your overzealous willingness to overflow the bucket, try to pour in three cups when it can only hold one. Brian, can I use you as an example? I don't know if... Um, you don't know what I was going to use you as an example as. Can I just be real? You don't mind? You sure? You have no idea what I'm about to say. Let me start with I like your hair. So let me share this. So Brian and Michaela have been with us now for a pretty good while now. Seven, eight months. But somewhere in the middle of all of that, in the beginning of that, I preached a message. Do you know where I'm going? When you came to me after service? Are you okay with this? You know where, you know where I'm headed with this? Okay. We're all family. Well said. So I had preached in that message and I had said something indirectly, directly, I don't remember how. A lot of times I say things, I don't remember how I said it, why I said it, for what, I just release. And I said something about homosexuality. And it bothered him. And Michaela, I think, maybe, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But let me just tell the gist of it. I won't tell all the details, but I'll tell the gist of it. So Brian came to me after service, and he said to me, he said, um, he was bothered. And again, this is just, I'm giving you the gist, paraphrase. He was bothered. And he said, I don't feel the same way about what you said this morning that, that you do. And I said to him, I said, let's meet. Let's sit down together. You tell me the reasons why you believe what you do. Let me share with you the reasons why I believe what I do. Let's put those reasons in a bucket and let's walk this thing out. Now, do you know that my first thought was when that was done, but that was all that was necessary. I didn't need to try to put four cups into a cup. And neither did he feel that. But when I walked away from that, I loved Brian and Michaela. I'd already lo I already loved him. I already appreciated his, just the way he watches me when I preach. There's something in that. I'm watching you. <laughs> and, but I walked away wondering, will I see him again? Will he really, did he hear my heart? I know he heard my words, but did he hear my heart? 
And he came in and he met and we had an amazing conversation. And he's here. <laughs> I like that. But I say that for this reason. And I use him as an example, and I could use others in here as an example, but sometimes I use the example that I feel like is the safest at the moment. It is exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you, Tim. Because the reality of it is, we all have a lot to say. Because if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are full of knowledge. The full knowledge is in you already. You don't understand all that knowledge yet. That's what the sharing of your faith does. It brings understanding to the full knowledge that you currently possess. Did you hear what I just said? That was really good. How did I say I want to say it again? I don't remember how I said it. <laughs> but whatever that was, it was really good. Play that twice. Because that is true. The full knowledge is in us. Understanding isn't as full as the knowledge. But when we share our faith, it gives access and it begins to increase. We have to know. Look around you. On a very practical level, when is the last time you invited somebody else to join your church here at The Rock? No answers, but when is the last time you actually just asked your neighbor and just said, I just, can I invite you? And they might say, no, don't try to talk them into it. Oh, but you don't know what you're missing. Oh, my Lord, are you kidding me? You would rather watch that than go. You know what an answer like that requires? A simple, okay, I just wanted to ask. Ah, it's easy. And then you see him again down the road and you think, oh, time's passed. Hey, listen, we have something going on. We have a fall festival happening on November the 2nd. Would you be interested in joining? You know what? I think I might do that. Ah, I'll pick you up. Ride with me. I'll buy you a hot dog. Do you hear me today? It isn't about saying, oh, if you go to the fall festival, then man, you really have to be there Sunday morning too because, you know, I'm telling you what, if God does good things in a festival, He does greater things in a service. What's that? Says who? Right. It is. If we can understand fluid worship, and if we can understand that this isn't the church, you are then no matter where we are, we're having church. So the question again is, if you're, are you telling somebody you have something to tell? Are you letting your church have a sound? And what's it sound like? What's it sound like? I want to say to you, 
two things. Each of them have three bullet points, at least in my notes. The first time someone hears something, and I'm saying this because I've experienced it and so have you. The first time someone sees or hears something as it relates to your church, it's going to be different, likely. The second time, it's familiar. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen you do that before. Oh, I've heard that before. It's familiar. It makes it easy. When it becomes familiar, it gets a little easier. The third time, it's life. If you stop at the first time, all it is to them is different. And different will never change. Oh, did you hear about that? Yeah, it's just, it's different. What's it like? It was just different. The second time's familiar. If you leave them the second time, it's familiar. Yeah, you know, I've seen it. I've seen it a little bit. You know, I'm familiar with that, but, but there's no understanding. The third time, it's life. Man, it was different. Then it became familiar. And I'm going to tell you, it's changed my life. I stayed the course. I did not relent. I understand now. The, I'm understanding that full knowledge. And then I want you to spread the word. And in the simplest of terms, tell your family that they can find Jesus Christ right here. Tell your friends they can find God here. And tell your neighbors they can find life here. Tell them. You have something to tell, Alex Darnell. Are you telling it? What are you telling? What are you telling? You're talking about something. What are you talking about? Do you hear me today? It's not difficult. It's not complicated. It's life. Amen? Stand with me if you would. 